Pod Swag is your one-stop shop for clothing, accessories, and novelty items from all your favorite podcasts. And we have new Beautiful Anonymous merch available over on podswag.com. There's everything from posters to t-shirts to pins and even a shatterproof mug. Go get that mug added to your collection. You can check it all out now at podswag.com slash beautiful. That's P-O-D-S-W-A-G dot com slash beautiful. Hello to all my Razor Scooter riding cat lovers. It's Beautiful Anonymous. One out, one phone call. No names, no holds barred. I'd rather go one-on-one. I think it'll be more fun. And I'll get to know you and you'll get to know me. Hello everybody, Chris Gethard here. Welcome to another episode of Beautiful Anonymous. The show where we use the phones, talking on the phones, a system that many feel is archaic, to have some of the most modern conversations in the history of mankind. Not really. That was a little hyperbolic. But we do pretty good. We have fun. And it's nice. And I thank you for listening and allowing it to happen. Got a couple plugs I want to get out of the way, and then we will get into it. First of all, thank you to everybody who came out to my shows in Salt Lake City. So nice to meet you. So nice to meet everybody. I tell you what, too. Minneapolis was so fun. Minneapolis and Utah. Good times. Someone in Minneapolis, I forgot to mention this, made me a mouse, a felt mouse version of myself and gave it to me. My wife loves it. She thinks it's cute. Also, my new book, Lose Well, it's up for pre-order. ChrisGeth.com. All the info there. If you order it, show proof of purchase. I'll, I'll, get, I'll send you an outgoing voice message as a beautiful anonymous fan. I can, there's all sorts of incentives out there. I'm asking you, if you're planning on checking out my book, why not pre-order it so that I can rest easy and the publishing company can be extremely happy? Help out your boy. If you're planning on getting the book, pre-order it. All right. That's enough plugs. Oh, wait, no, it's not Austin, Texas. This weekend, Austin, Texas, Cap City Comedy Club. I've never played Cap City. I've heard it's one of the best clubs in the country. Can't wait to get out there. Austin, Texas. It will be a pleasure to return chrisgeth.com, you get your tickets. I mean, I would love to meet the beautiful and honest fans out in Austin. Hey, if you got nobody to come with, come by yourself. People do all the time, and they say they meet other beautiful and honest fans there. It's a good time. All right. Last week's episode. Harry, which one was last week's episode? They're all blending together in my mind. Oh, the live from Montreal. A lot of people... Very interested in that story. Very um, intrigued by how the the political climate has changed and a lot of people wondering how our uh, caller from last week is doing. We are going to try to do a follow-up call. We actually have a follow-up series coming out towards the end of this year, maybe early next year, where we're going to hear from uh, eight prior callers. And um, I'm going to do my damnedest to make sure that last week's caller was one of them because obviously some big changes happening. Someone actually said something in the Facebook group, Beautiful Anonymous, the Facebook group, that I thought was so valid and... uh, and, and so um, eye-opening to me, a reminder of maybe some of my responsibilities hosting. Someone said, you know, you were talking with this caller about their, their experience and how Saudi Arabia is more progressive than you thought. But it's, it's tough. Uh, you know, the, their treatment towards the gay community is horrific. And people get killed there for their, for their you know, sexual preferences. And I want to say I, I do apologize. And as always... I want to underline that I'm doing my best in the moment and that I don't, it's funny because, you know, I don't, I don't have an encyclopedic knowledge of uh, everything that comes at me. It truly is random. And uh, I feel bad that I missed the ball. I dropped the ball sometimes. And uh, the fact that 
her experience was indicating that maybe it was more progressive towards one group of people does not negate the fact that it's very hard for people all over this world. And I'll try to always be more mindful. And thanks for the reminder. It's part of why I love doing this show is I get to learn. Get to learn. Now, this episode you're about to hear, I like this one a lot. I tell you, this is such a good balance. It's like a 50-50 split between something that is culturally very uh, relevant right now and also just a person shooting the shit. Here's the two major camps we got. This person works in tech specifically. This person worked at Facebook during the 2016 election. Has some insight into what it was like behind closed doors at Facebook when uh, everything was happening there. People were starting to realize maybe Facebook is being used as a political tool. Has some insight into that. Also, this person loves their cats more than anybody I know. And I know there's a lot of cat lovers out there. I grew up with cats. Beautiful Nanas fans get mad at me because I'm not a dog guy. But I did grow up with cats. I love a good cat. This person uh, loves cats maybe more than anyone I've ever met. It was a fun call to participate in on my end. And I really hope you enjoy it. Thank you for calling Beautiful Anonymous. A beeping noise will indicate when you are on the show with the host. Hello? Oh, am I going to be basic and say it? Oh, man, I think I'm going to say it. Is this Chris? It is. You said it. Oh, man. I said I wouldn't say it, and I said it. Okay. I don't know how prepared I am for this, but hi. Hi. (laughs) You don't have to be prepared. Everything's okay. Everything's all well, right. I will no. So I will tell you, I have had reception issues uh, with Jared in the past. So I am crossing <laughs> my fingers and hoping I don't lose this call. I have had reception issues with Jared in the past. That's very official sounding. I know, doesn't it? It seems like it's a little bit of a relationship going, but I mean, it's only happened twice. So and now we're here. <laughs> well, welcome, welcome to the show. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Happy to be here. Happy to have uh, it's you. It's weird because I, I, I do, I do a very similar job, or I know this isn't your full time job, or it is now. Uh, it is now. Job thing. I know. Now I know. it is. I'm so sorry. Oh no, I that's know. okay. That's okay. I like that. Nobody, nobody yells at me at this job. It's, it's. <laughs> I should keep my mouth shut. <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. I'll keep my mouth shut there. Anyway, you were saying. Oh, uh, yeah, I was just saying, so I do a somewhat similar job. Um, I'm a user researcher, so I'm always, I guess, going out and talking to people who, I mean, I do know their names. Uh, I have a little bit of background information about them, but I basically talk to people about uh, needs and things that would make their lives easier. So I work at Google right now, and Mm -hmm. so I work at making Google products better. You work at making Google products better. Mm-hmm. Now, there's, there's a lot of people listening who I would imagine, because you sound so nice. First, let me say, before I throw any shade, <laughs> you sound so nice. But there's a lot of people listening right now going, what does that mean? Does that mean, uh, are, you, are you the person spying on me on my phone? There's a, do you get that a lot when you tell people? Oh, I get that. I get that all the time from <laughs> any time I introduce myself. That's one, like the, oh, I bet you know my search history. Uh, <laughs> Um, no, I know ways I could get to it. Um, not through anything through Google, just my own personal um, what? curiosity. But what? Well, because people don't believe people don't believe their browsing history. So I'm going to give everyone a tip who's listening. Uh, if you go into your browser right now under history, you can delete it forever, and no one can look up anything that you've you've looked up. Okay. But people don't you delete your history. You got to delete. The, is it the cache? Is that how you say that? The cache. Ah, oh, Chris, you're so on it. 
so technical. Thank you so much. <laughs> Got to get that cash out of there. Is that something you would recommend we all do? Should people be regularly deleting their browser history just as a just as a rule? I mean, it's kind of fun, I guess, to go through and see what you were looking at six months ago, see where you were at. Um, but other times, some people may not want what's on their browser history. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. I also don't want the title of this episode to just be about me giving <laughs> uh, browser history recommendations. That would be awful. That is uh, Compared fair. to all the other amazing people who have been on the show and <laughs> people who are like, I can't believe this person got on Beautiful Anonymous and talked about browsing history. <laughs> well, that's fair. That's fair. Um, so what do you want to talk about then? What should we know about what you're doing at Google? Did you go to school? Are you like a computer science person? No, I'm not. I... Uh, I'm one of the lesser technical people. Um, well, I, I shouldn't I shouldn't feel like that. I do know tech things. I guess I see myself as a person who uh, I like to write. Um, you know, I write when I can. Um, so I really focus on like communication and trying to get uh, people's stories being told. I'm really passionate about helping people solve um, problems and issues, and so. Um, I've worked at tech companies mainly in the role of helping people be able to use technology to prevent bad things happening to them uh, using, oh, I don't want to say Twitter because Twitter is not such a great place right now <laughs> for that. Uh, but just trying to do the best I can to try and make a little bit of a difference in that work. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> so you're at Google now. You say you've worked at other tech companies. Yeah. I was at Facebook during the 2016 election. Um and that was Whoa. quite quite a moment. Mm-hmm. Whoa. You were you were working there in this capacity mm-hmm. of like trying to connect with people, help people use the platform for better things during a time when it was notoriously not that. Yeah. What was mm-hmm. that like to see from the inside? Um you didn't know what was happening until uh, so, and I should caveat this. I wasn't there for like years. I was at Facebook for maybe six months. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got there right around the time of the election. And there was very much an attitude of like everything normal, no problems, nothing going on. And the night of the election, I just remember sitting in my empty apartment watching the results coming in and just being sick to my stomach. Um, yeah, if you can't tell, um, very liberal from New York, you know, it's a very generic uh, type person. Um, so yeah, I was I was just blown away. And the next day I went into Facebook and they had this giant wall of like the trends of what people are talking about. And like half the screen was like super happy and excited for Trump and lots of MAGA hashtags. And the other half was just people trying to look up ways to leave the country, moving to Canada, being shocked and terrified. Uh, it's just, it's, yeah, it's just, you stand there and you're like, I, I'm a part of this. And I mean, I didn't do it. I didn't cause it. I'm not a Russian spy, uh, <laughs> but you're just, it's, it, you realize there's something bigger that had gone on. Um, and you're, you're just sort of blown away by being part of history in that moment. What a weird six months to have. That's your six months at Facebook. You picked the craziest six months. You'll have those stories forever, yeah. huh? Chris, that was not even the craziest six months that I've had. So leading up to that, uh, I was actually supposed to move to Ireland for a job. Um, I was working at Twitter, and I quit my job at Twitter. 
to go move to Ireland to work at a little com- uh, company and just, you know, enjoy being abroad. This was before the election. This was just me wanting to go, sorry. My sister is sending a million text messages. She, she doesn't know I'm actually on the show yet. She thinks I'm still on hold. So I, I apologize if you're hearing Oh, I'm not. Lots of dinging. I'm not. But if you, the, the dings are not coming through. But if you need to take a moment to text your sister, feel free. She, uh, it's, one second. It, it sounds uh, like it's annoying you. So if you need to go deal with it, so me and you can focus up for the next 52 minutes. Do what you got to do. I'll just be here sipping okay. this kombucha they have at the Earwolf Studios now. They got kombucha on tap. I love kombucha. I brew it myself. <laughs> you do. I have a friend who used to brew. My friend Keith Haskell, Banana Man from the Chris Gethard Show. He used to brew his own kombucha. Yeah, banana Man. <laughs> he used to brew his own kombucha. He kept this giant jar in his oven. He never cooked with his oven. And then he'd, uh, he'd show it to me. He'd be like, this is my thing. I'm like, that's the most disgusting looking thing I've ever seen. It's like a big hunk of fungus in a jar. Get it out of my face. The same sister who is manically texting me now in a uh, craze of excitement. Uh, yeah, she once sent me a text because she went to check out my cast. And then, uh, yes, I cast. Uh, and so she was checking up on my cast while I was away. And she sent me a picture of the kombucha fungus thing and said, what is that? That looks like a dead child under your sink. And I was like, oh, no, it's just my kombucha. You know, I grew and I drank it. And she thought I was just a serial killer or something in my spare time. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. Kom- kombucha tastes good, but the pro- you know, I don't need to see how the sausage is made on that one. Or really how the kombucha <laughs> is made, I guess, more accurately. Also, I should note. I hear you. This is the first day I've been at the new Earwolf office, the new studio. It's beautiful. Um, it's still under construction. And I poured myself some kombucha and then immediately spilled it on the brand new carpets. So my bad. My bad to the oh, Chris, Earwolf Stitcher mid-roll company spilling kombucha all over the floor on day one. Chris Bannon's going to choke me out. Chris Bannon's going to have my head. It is. Mm -hmm. Tripping and falling and spilling uh, your your fancy kombucha that you don't feel like people like you should even be drinking. Yeah, that's a Chris Gathered move. Anyway, have we dealt... (laughs) I was going to ask, is it a flavor or is it just generic kombucha? It's it's a ginger-flavored kombucha. It's a ginger-aid-flavored kombucha. Thank you for asking. This is the type of uh, balls-to-the-wall... No holding back programming we're known here for at Beautiful Anonymous. Just talking kombucha, baby. It's honest conversations Chris, with people been... and also talking kombucha. No, I have been a listener since the uh, This American Life episode premiered. Uh, Thank I've you so much. I've listened to every episode. And I am I have such a complex now of being one of the generic calls that calls in and they just waste their time for an hour talking about Nonsense. But I think kombucha is an important topic. So we've talked about browsing history, mm-hmm, the election mm-hmm. 2016 kombucha. Mm-hmm, we're just mm-hmm. really just getting through the list. We're cooking with fire. We're cooking with. I do like. <laughs> I do like the ones you mentioned. Those are some of my favorite calls, actually. Or we're for 54 minutes. It's idle chit chat, and then with six minutes to go, someone's like, "I killed someone with my car in the 1960s," and you're like, "What? We don't have time for that. Why have we spent this whole time talking about a sale?" A sale at uh, Kmart. Why did we take, what did we, he did what? And then the bell rings and I never know what really happened. 
Anyway, yeah. you, you went to Ireland. You went to Ireland for a job. You said it was crazier no, than your... No, so that's, that's the trick. I mm. did not go to Ireland. Mm. Um, my stuff went to Ireland, and I had an Irish passport visa to live and work in the country. Um, but four days before I was supposed to go, the airlines call me up and they say, um, your cats can't go in the cabin. They have to go in the cargo with like all the luggage and mm-hmm. it's dangerous. And I mean, they didn't tell me it was dangerous. I, I just, I knew it was dangerous. And part of my condition for going there was the cats have to be with me in the cabin because I'm a crazy cat lady and I want to be the crazy cat lady of beautiful anonymous and I'm fine with it. Um, so I essentially gave up my job, had to move back home with my cats. Um, yeah. I gave up my Twitter job and my Ireland life <laughs> with my future Irish husband because I didn't want my cats to suffer the five-hour flight. <laughs> no, wait. When you say future Irish husband, is were you dating someone there, or is this like a theoretical in your mind you could see it happening where you're going to find an Irish husband and stay there forever? Oh, he's, he's completely made up. He's Very completely fictional. made up. Um, you're fictional. Who but I made up. He, I have dated an Irish guy in the past, um, and I liked him a lot. So I was like, maybe next time will work out better. So that was the goal. Yeah. Or I mean, not a goal, but a, and then some goal, you know. <laughs> we're pretty good, except for the mood swings. Irish guy's pretty mm. fun, except you got the mood swings. So you're telling me you quit your job at Twitter, a position that, I yeah. mean, that's a company people fight to work for. You quit mm-hmm. at Twitter. You're going to go to Ireland to work some small, more boutique job. You're going to set up yeah. a whole life for yourself. They tell you yeah. you can't bring the cats in the cabin. And you just quit. There's no, you can't find any alternate method by which to transport the cats. So I could have flown them to London in the cabin, taken them on a train from the airport to the ferry to take a boat over to Ireland. Yeah, that sounds uh, Which to- would have been very like old world entering the new country sort of experience, but uh-huh. I was doing it myself. Um, the only person who could have helped me at the time was my sister, and she was living in Israel, um, and she wasn't able to get over to help me. So that ended that. Hold on. That doesn't end that. That's a perfectly reasonable option if you love the cats that much. I, I've been to both London and Ireland. They're very, very close to one another. I can't imagine it would have added too much more travel to go to London and take the ferry. Like twenty pound cats, and I was doing it myself, and I was just overwhelmed. And my mom never talked to me again. They're big cats, yeah. They, you're, you're not exaggerating. You're, you have two twenty pound cats. Um, well, so I had two twenty pound cats. Uh, one of them passed away in March. I'm um, so sorry, but I yeah, they both were twenty pounds. It's okay. What are you mm-hmm. feeding these cats? No, so I'm not feeding them anything. I'm not feeding them any super it's growing cat food. It's 20 just, pounds uh, is too big for a cat. <laughs> they were um, they were like outside feral cats, and they just happened to be from a bigger stock of giant mutant cats from Long Island. How weird that the airline <laughs> said you can't bring those two 20-pound feral cats in the in the area with all the other passengers. We're going to have to ask you to leave those uh, small uh, mountain bobcats you got 40 pounds of cat. We're going to have to ask you to leave know, the 40 pounds they? of cat. How dare they, Chris Gethard? How dare they? Yeah, I got to say, I'm uh, I'm not shocked that they stepped in on that and said, those are two feral animals that are bigger than some of the children on this flight. 
Maybe you should take a ferry instead. I'm not shocked. You know what, though, Chris? If I could have been on a boat with my cats for five days, I would have been fine with that option. But they, like, they, they have it for dogs, but they don't have it for cats. And I feel like maybe my next job opportunity when I'm done with tech in general will be to just open up a ferry between Ireland and New York where we'll just ferry cats so, and their owners. So wait, you looked into it and you could have taken a ship across the ocean like my grandfather once did in the opposite direction. And they would accommodate dogs, but the ship won't take cats. As far as I'm aware, yes. Um, maybe someone on the Facebook group will uh, call me out on that. But from what I knew at the time, that's what I had understood. And are you, are, yeah. you, are, you certain, are you certain that they don't take cats? Or did they get a look at your two 20-pound feral cats and say, <laughs> not on our boat. Thank you very much. No. So what had happened was I called twice before I quit my job at Twitter, calling the airline saying, are you sure? I can do this. And then, yeah, yeah, no problem, no problem. And when I called them out on it, it was Delta. Delta screwed me over. Well, I'm so Delta I'm a, called me four days before I was supposed to leave saying, sorry, we made a mistake. So thanks, Delta. Thanks well, for that. I'll thanks go, for ruining my marriage, I'll, Delta. I'll go ahead and tell you that I am a Delta Sky Miles member, gold status. Mm. I'm at the gold tier. I dream of getting to platinum and diamond. I live right next to the terminal in LaGuardia. I take the bus there a couple steps. It's quite convenient from where I live. I'm very happy with their service. I'm happy to defend them. And if anyone from the Delta company is listening and wants to give me a couple extra miles or maybe even bump me up to that platinum status, happy to go to bed and say, Delta, they may not like your cats, but they treat people just fine. <laughs> no, I wasn't treated well. I shouldn't have been told in advance, like, sorry, ma'am, you should keep your job at your tech company. <laughs> Um, because we can't accommodate you in your mutant size cat. Of course, of course. I'm just messing with you. Just messing with you. That sounds like it was annoying. Sounds like it was annoying. I mean, you burned down your whole life for it, but those cats must know you really love them. I hope they do. It wasn't that bad. I got to move home and see my family for a few months, and then I went off to Facebook, and then I left Facebook to return to New York, and now I'm at Google. Wow. So you've bounced around all the big tech companies. So this tells me, I mean, you've got some skills because you're not getting hired by Twitter, Facebook, and Google if you're not bringing something to the table. I don't know about that. I I think uh, I'm probably good at selling myself, if I had to be honest. I think I'm very good at like projecting of like, this is what I can do for you. And then I don't know how skilled I actually am. Like yesterday, I had a major incident. I was running a research study, and the lab broke down, and uh, we had people who weren't able to join the call. Like it was similar to like how people call in on your show. Um, they weren't able to join, and it was just five hours of issues, and I left feeling really, really terrible, which I was then supposed to go to your show last night, which I donated, which I'm happy to have donated, but I wasn't able to see you because my sister needed to move out of her illegal apartment, and so she had to move out when her roommate wasn't there, um, and she works nice at a, uh, she works nice at a job, and then um, we had to sneak out all her stuff within that hour, so I wasn't able to go. And so we're really sorry we couldn't go. That's okay. Is your sister okay? I'm confused by your story, but it sounds grim. You had to sneak out when the roommate wasn't looking? 
Yeah, it was her first apartment because she came back from Israel. Um, so she came back and was super excited to be living the independent woman, New York City lifestyle. Um, so she rushed into an apartment, which turns out had some bad issues with like an illegal washer dryer that was causing health issues in the air, and like mold in the bathroom, which was not yeah. safe to be living in. New you know, York City. New York City apartment. New York City. <laughs> Now, you said something before I want to follow up on, a little detail that you slipped in that I'd like to ask you about. Let's go ahead and pause right there, because that's what they call a cliffhanger. What is this detail that I want to bring back up? You're just going to have to wait and see. In the meantime, check out our advertisers. They have products and services, things that might help you out, things you might need. If you're so inclined to buy them, use the promo codes. It really helps the show when you do. We'll be right back after this. Have you ever thought about the story behind your clothes? What's in them? Where they came from? Who made them? Packed Apparel is an eco-conscious clothing company that believes everyone should know what goes into their clothes because it's what's within that truly matters. Their story starts with 100% organic cotton and other sustainable materials used to make super soft clothes you'll want to live in. Packed partners with fair trade certified factories where workers are protected and treated fairly. And they don't believe that you should have to pay more just because things are organic. Tees are just 15 bucks, leggings, $30, and undies, only $9. It's a steal right there. It's a great story from head to toe. I have some packed clothing. I enjoy it. I like the softness. I like the way it sits on my skin. And I tell you what else I like. It's that it's a company dedicated towards helping the earth because Lord knows the earth needs the help right now. And it's cool to see somebody at the forefront of thinking about this stuff. It's worth supporting. Head to wearpacked.com to outfit what's within you and enter the code BEAUTIFUL at checkout for 25% off your first order. That's W-E-A-R-P-A-C-T dot com and the code BEAUTIFUL to save 25%. Thanks to all of our advertisers. Now let's get back to the phone call. Now you said something before I want to follow up on, a little detail that you slipped in that I'd like to ask you about. Okay. You said that your job in the tech industry, a lot yeah. of it involves you, you said something along the lines of making sure people's experience with these platforms doesn't involve bad things happening to them. I wrote that phrase down. You said, I don't want be, no bad things happening to them. What kind of bad things can happen to people that you're trying to circumvent? Um, it depends. Sometimes the things I work on have very minor uh, implications like it might cause you to be frustrated by the slowness of something um, that you're trying to use. But other times, like when I was at Facebook, I was working on something where uh, it was right around the time that Snapchat became a thing. Um, they started showing up. I don't use Snapchat, but I know people who listen who use it probably know about it a little bit more just in terms of like you can add multiple snaps uh to like a story so you can have something that lasts for like 24 hours that people can do. And Facebook wants to understand how teenagers were using that um, to understand how it builds relationships both on Facebook or Snapchat versus like out in the real world. And so I was working with teenagers and understanding some of the challenges that they experience um, on a day-to-day basis. 
And I thought at first it was just going to be a conversation about, oh, I want these silly filters to do, you know, have dog ears or whatever uh, the kids are using these days for those filters. And I, I was I kind of finding there was a really skeptical attitude. And I left those conversations going, wow, they're actually experiencing some really nasty stuff on the Internet, like bullying uh, both on the platform and then when they go uh, to school or their day-to-day lives are being made fun of because of this technology. And so thinking about ways, like, for example, there's this one uh, person that I spoke with who's telling me about how um, they took a picture on Snapchat and they must have been like in a bikini or something. And everyone or someone who was a part of their Snapchat took like a snapshot or screen grab of that photo and then printed it out and put it all around the school. And it was terrible because that was their you know, property, it was their image, and it was being exploited because the kids in the school were being mean and they bullied them. And that's something that the technology helps to do. So something that I worked on was to make it, find a way to make it so that people can't uh, screen grab or capture images and use them. It's, if they attempt to download it, something like that, um, it would just come up as a black screen. So that was nice. my design recommendation for something like that. That's awesome. So you're, proje- you're protecting people from uh, online bullying in that case, and maybe from getting in over their heads in situations they don't realize can happen. Yeah. Here's something I you might... That's really nice. That's really nice. Well done. I feel like anyone listening <laughs> probably just went, huh, good policy. Well done. There's Here- a lot of work that's happening that a lot of people don't see. Um, and there are people who care. Um, I care a lot about, you know, how people are using things and what they're using it for and how to make it better, safer. And, um, you know, I, I speak up when I can, you know, when I'm in conversations that I can help bring good things to technology. Here's a question I think you might have some insight into based okay. on what you just said to me. So every generation, right? The kid, mm-hmm. Kids hit the teenage years and they're turn to their parents like, you don't get it. You don't get, life is different for me now. And I think there's truth to that. Would you say, just based from your vantage point with the internet, are the, are the, are the people who have, are teenagers in recent times, current day, within the past five years, I wonder if I'm phrasing this question in a way that makes sense, but are, are there, because of the technology that you work on, because of the places you've been, are their lives the ones that have taken the most drastic leap away from their parents? I think about that sometimes. You know what I mean? Like, has there ever yeah. been a generation whose parents' teenage years were more different than their kids' teenage years? Is this the biggest leap? There's always a leap. And it's always tempting to look at technology and go, oh, it's so different now. Maybe it was always so different for all of us. But it just feels to me like there's a whole, there's a literal whole world that exists that didn't exist there must be so many parents who run like that kid's parents when those when that kid comes home and goes i put a bikini picture on snapchat and it got screen grabbed and printed out their parents must be like what does any of that mean i don't know what any of that means what are you talking about yeah it's it's definitely disconnected it's just i think from what I gather, it seems like things are starting to come a little bit more mainstream. Um, people joke about, oh, now no, my mom's on Snapchat. I have to leave. Um, but I think that people are starting to get like a little bit more tech savvy. Um, people who are starting to become parents 
are somewhat familiar with the technology, so I see the gap eventually kind of re-tightening again, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, but I think the generation maybe like five years ago was probably a little bit more like really disconnected um, from what I guess their kids were doing online. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, why'd you only stay at Facebook for six months? I was not a fan of Facebook when I joined. Um, as I mentioned, the only reason I took the job was because I was living at home um, and I desperately wanted to get out and I wanted a job. And after the Ireland uh, fiasco happened with my cast, so I took it um, because I knew that they had been interested in me from when I was at Twitter. Um, I moved out to California for the job. I really didn't like California. How'd you um, get the cats out to California? Oh, I flew them on the plane. <laughs> Are you, would you go with United? Go with United or something like that? No, Jeff Liu. Jeff Liu, which that's the program I'm a part of. Um, <laughs> that's where all my miles went to. Jeff Liu uh, was awesome. They let me have the cats in the cabin. There was no problem. They have no so, flight. Jeff Liu doesn't have any flights to Ireland. No, so it's not an airline restriction. It's a country restriction. So the country oh. of Ireland has said no cats in the cabin. Oh. Ireland, no cats in the cabin. Look at that. Look at that. <laughs> okay, so you get out to California. You're working for Facebook. You already may be a little dicey on the company, it sounds like. You get out there. Yeah. And it was just, uh, every time you go out somewhere, there's just technology people, and they're just talking about their latest startups and just where they work. And I didn't want that. I miss the diversity of New York. Um, I like going out and meeting people who don't work in tech. Um, I miss my family, my friends. I didn't know anyone out in California. And it just got to the point where I said, okay, I either need to commit to being in California, like buy a car, make friends and like really settle, or I can just pull the plug and go back to New York. And I, so I tried to split the cost. I did ask my manager to just relocate me to New York, but still working for the company. Um, they said no. And so I just said, okay. And so I did it again. I just left my job and went back to New York. <laughs> wow. You always manage to land on your feet. Some may say, much like the 20-pound cat that you own. <laughs> I'm just a five-foot-four uh, cat that walks on two legs, I guess. Yeah, I always land on my feet somehow. Because, <laughs> um. <laughs> look, you're, you're clearly a very nice person. Very sweet person. Anyone listening? Thank can, you, Chris. Yeah, anyone listening can tell it. <laughs> but you worked at Facebook, and I, I know it was only six months. And I know I keep asking about it, but here's why. And this is a fa this is a podcast that anyone listening to it knows. A 30,000 person strong Facebook community that bonds a lot of this community together, and that I'm very thankful for. But I think a lot of people who use Facebook on a regular basis are starting to wonder: Is Facebook evil? Just a little bit. That's a question a lot of us are having in America right now. Like, is this evil? Is this a thing that turned evil now? We're all addicted to it? Evil is a strong word. I don't know. Like, I get what you're saying. And I completely, I, I know I brought up the community earlier and like I completely forgot about it as I was just ragging on Facebook or at least my uh, personal non-usage of Facebook things. Um, I don't think it's evil. I, I think that's complicated. I think that's trying to do a lot at one time. I think that whatever platforms come next or things that people use, 
um, have the potential to be evil. They also have the potential to be good. I know good things that happen with Facebook. They're great with crisis um, and trying to find people, you know, who are affected by crisis things. And um, Twitter's, uh, Twitter's great for community as well, um, even though it's not as great having a group. I missed out on a lot of parties after college, but I didn't have a Facebook. So it's, it's great for community building. I think that's, that's one of the things that, you know, I know they care about. Um, I just, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that's happening that I think they need to have some really honest conversations about. And, you know, I don't know if they're being had right now. Or if they are, they're not being heard, I guess, high enough. Mm. So it might be less evil intentions and maybe more a thing that is a little bit running out of anyone's control. Yeah, I think so. Huh. Still depressing, but less depressing. Oh, no, I'm sorry. No, Ugh. that's a very Chris Gethard sentence I just said. Oh, there's the the silver lining of this cloud is that it's less depressing than I thought. Oh, it's just an out-of-control <laughs> monster that no one can quite grip the wheel of? Great, it's a, yeah, it's a runaway train that no one can quite figure out how to operate the brake. I guess that's better than them trying to run the train off the tracks. Sure, sure. I think I might be in a weird mood today. I think that's what I'm learning. Why? I don't know. I want to get in. I'm, I don't even want to. You don't want another real answer. It's embarrassing. I mean, I don't know. Well, actually, that's what you're So you don't know me. So if you did run across me on the street, I wouldn't be able to say, hey, I know that embarrassing thing that you mentioned. <laughs> but I realize that everyone's going to know who you are. No, it's funny. So I will tell you. Then they would know. Here's the thing. I will tell you, part of why I'm in a bad mood relates exactly to the stuff you called about today. It actually relates exactly to it. It's amazing. It's amazing. My TV show ended... And there, I don't want to cause trouble, and I'm not trying to stir the pot. I'm a man who's pushing 40. But there are some people who were formerly fans of the show who have taken to the internet to take some pot shots at me and at the show in the day on the day I announced it. And they are young people, and they are processing their feelings, and I should just choose to not care. But it's hard not to take it personally when it's like, hey, guys, my TV show that I've worked on for a decade with my name on it is dead. And then you read these people who used to love it just shitting on it on the Internet. And I feel like if I ran into them in person, I'd be like, it's really good to see you. I'm so sad it ended. Thanks for being a part of it. But on the Internet, I'm just like, God damn, you guys are going awfully hard at this on the day it died. But that's kind of the internet, right? That's kind of the world you work into. We forget humanity all the time. That must be a big thing I'm you sorry, see Chris. all the time. No, it's okay. Here I am crying about the death of a TV show. I'm almost 40 years old. I have a great life. I can't worry about it. I can't worry about it. I have a great life. But that does dovetail into what you're talking about. It sounds like what you were saying with your work with like the teenagers before and the studies you do. It's kind of like... On a basic level, how do you remind people that they're human beings as they start to deal more and more with this like cybernetic, not real world? That's that's a challenge that we're working on, or I'm I'm working on. That's your um, shit. So what do we do? What do we do to encourage humanity on the internet? How do you do? Because I've had it's weird being a public figure. It's weird sometimes people say shit that's so 
hard at me. They'll come at me so hard. I had a guy once who sent me a Facebook message. I may have talked about this on the show. I don't know. He sent me a Facebook message when our, when the Gethard show switched from Fusion to True TV. He sent me a message. He goes, you're an ugly fuck and you're ruining True TV. I read it. I was like, whoa. And then I saw in his profile picture, I could just see in the thumbnail that he was holding a baby. And I was like, no way. I clicked on his profile and it was his kid. You could tell it was his kid. And I messaged him back and I was like, hey man, like, you don't have to like my show and that's fine. At the same time, like, you're coming out of the gate awfully hard, man. And I'm not trying to judge you. I'm not trying to shame you, but you're also holding a kid. And like, I just hope that's not the example you're setting. Cause you, whatever you have to say to me, you can say it in a much more civil way than that. And this has happened to me over and over again. And I want to know your opinion. So many times people have done stuff like that. And when I actually answer them like that, this guy writes back. He's like, you know what, man? You're right. I shouldn't have done that. I didn't think you were even going to see it. My life's tough. I had my kid when I was 22. Yeah, I just try to keep my head above water. I do try to set a better example for him. Thank you for reminding me. I have found it over and over again that when you actually go, hey, I'm a human being and you're a human being. And just because we're on the internet doesn't mean that we should forget that people very often do go, oh, shit, wait, oh, right, why am I, why am I behaving this way? But we forget it. Mm-hmm. What do we do? What do we do? How do we do this? How do we not let it, how do we get back to that point? I feel like there was a stretch where the internet was a thing that united us all. And it's pretty clear that the dialogue the past two years has become, it's dividing us all. So what do we do? That's your job. What do we do? Well, I don't have all the answers. <laughs> uh, it's definitely not a problem that I, I alone can solve. Um, I think, like you mentioned, I think one of the phrases you said earlier, you know, bringing humanity back to a, to the tools at least is something that's a really good step. Um, maybe if there's some sort of technology that can detect some of the language being used, um, maybe like a Starry Sally uh, detector, that before uh-huh. you can actually hit send, sending a message, it'll say, hey, you know, are you sure you want to send that? Would you say that to your mom? And yeah. see what the response is. Is there any thought? Here's the thing, because it's weird, because I've read so much about it, you know, and I, I do love the internet. I grew up, I was a kid who I was on the BBS systems before there was a World Wide Web. And then I remember when the web came out and everybody was like, oh, my God, and then grew into AOL and Prodigy and all those things. And now it is what it is. Um but is there the anonymity? I often wonder if there were rules that said you have to put your real name on uh, to access the internet, if that wouldn't solve a lot of problems. But it would also kill so much of what's beautiful about the internet. Yeah, that's what that's what I was thinking about as you were talking. Um, you know, if you overregulate too much, then you also run the risk of losing some of that. You know, the good in the internet. So. I think it's a balance, but like that balance is really tricky. Yeah. Cause it is, you know, it's funny. Cause you mentioned you got this, you got these teenagers who'll print out the bikini photo and put it all over the walls mm-hmm. of a high school to shame someone. But it happens in a big way too. Like you get, you get the, uh, and I'm not trying to tempt their wrath, but you see some of these online cultures that maybe relate to, uh, men's rights or mm-hmm. you know everybody's got their opinion i see the ones that are the alt-right and i get very scary with my personal politics you see alex jones alex jones now getting banned from places it's kind mm-hmm. of a bigger version of it where adults go oh we can 
it's like adults with very bad intentions can effectively say, we can be teenagers who shame you with your bikini pics too. Anyway, which company like, which has the best culture out of all the ones you worked at? Culture is so important. Everybody's always talking about culture in your world, right? In the tech world, everybody's mm-hmm. talking about culture. You like Twitter, Facebook, Google, best culture. I feel like I bummed you out. I feel like I've bummed you out. No, it, it put me in a very contemplative mood, which that's pretty easy to do. I'm a, I'm a researcher, so I spend yeah. a lot of time thinking. Um, but the best culture, I would say, has been the Google culture, where I'm at now. Nice. Um, I love my team. Um, they're just really great people to work with. Um, they're, when my cat passed away um, very shortly after joining, um, <laughs> they were really nice about letting me take as much time as I wanted um, you know, to breathe, and no one was really rushing me or being mean about it. They were all just very kind, and they're just good people. Um, no egos. People aren't like, oh, we work at Google. We're so great. Like People just act like people who are just That's doing their job. Good. That's nice. Now, what are your cat's names? The one who's passed away, R.I.P.? Yeah, his name was, uh, and I will just say, I did not name my cat. My mom named my cat. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, So these are not reflective of my naming skills. Mm -hmm, hers. mm -hmm. Uh, So the cat that passed was Nui, as in the new cat. Nui, Nui. Um, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And uh, the other cat uh, is Nipsey because uh, it's Uh M-I-T-Z-I. Or I don't know if I should say his name. I don't know if I should be spelling it. Your cat is no longer anonymous. You remain anonymous. Your cat is no longer anonymous. Mitzi. (laughs) Mitzi the cat. I'm not concerned about my my, uh, own identity. I'm definitely concerned about my cat's privacy, though. He, you know, very active (laughs) social life. Yes. If anyone runs into a 20-pound feral cat named Mitzi, it may be the 20-pound feral cat from this episode of this podcast. Hey, everybody, let's pause right here. Okay, I just want to say, don't hassle this cat. Nobody try to find this cat. Respect The cat is no longer anonymous. Be cool about it. Everybody, let's leave Mitzi, the 20-pound feral cat, alone. Okay, I've broken the momentum, so we might as well do some ads. Now's the perfect time for it. Check them out. Use the promo codes. Helps the show when you do. We'll be back right after this. Everybody knows I love therapy. It's like a huge part of my identity. I love it. That's why I'm happy to tell you that today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company that lets you message a licensed therapist from anywhere at any time. And I know you can't imagine fitting more into your life. Who's got time for more stuff in your life? Well, with Talkspace, therapy is as easy as sending your therapist a message. Get something off your chest whenever you need to. Talk about everyday challenges at work or at home. Just chat about life. There's no extra commutes involved. You don't even have to leave your office. And nobody's going to judge you for it. I know that's a barrier of entry for some people. Don't worry about it. All you need is a computer with an internet connection or the Talkspace mobile app, and you can improve your mental health. Remember, therapy isn't just about venting your innermost thoughts or digging into childhood memories. It's not why I love it. I love it because it's about practical, everyday strategies for stress management, helps you live a happier life. You're putting the work in. I love it. Having a therapist provides you a designated person for you to talk to who's trained to listen and help you make positive changes. And the Talkspace platform has over 2,000 licensed therapists who are experienced in addressing life challenges we all face. To match with a perfect therapist for a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, go to Talkspace.com beautiful. Use the code beautiful. You get $45 off your first month and show your support for the show. That's beautiful at Talkspace.com beautiful. 
I can't tell you how much I love my Bombas socks. I am telling you, I love these things. I'm wearing them right now. You know who loves Bombas more than anyone I know? My wife, Hallie. I know this because she recently said to me, do you know anyone who loves Bombas socks more than I do? And I had to answer it and say no. You love Bombas. And my wife has great taste. You guys can trust her. Thanks to two years of research and development and multiple improvements in design, performance, and comfort, Bombas are the most comfortable socks in the history of feet with an arch support system that provides extra support where you need it most and a cushioned footbed that's reinforced for comfort without added bulkiness. Bombas feel like a hug around your foot. Not to mention, Bombas' stay-up technology ensures that your socks stay in place without leaving a mark. And the super soft cotton material makes you never want to take off. So whether you're a runner, a power walker, or a power lounger, there's a pair of Bombas that'll add comfort to your life. Love these things. I wear them as often as I can. They are the first ones out of the drawer, and I don't go to another type of sock until it's laundry day. And then I say, I better do this laundry fast so I can get my Bombas back into my life. They're great. I just got a pair that goes all the way almost up to my knees, and I love them. It feels like my whole leg is being massaged all day. Go to bombas.com slash stories. Use the code stories for 20% off your first order. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash stories. Code is stories. You get 20% off your first order. Thanks again to everybody who sponsors our show. Now let's finish off the phone call. Yes, if anyone runs into a (laughs) 20-pound feral cat named Mitzi, it may be the 20-pound feral cat from this episode of this podcast. (laughs) <laughs> now, I, oh, such a loser! Oh my god! No, listen. I, I, t- I, th- I may. I don't know if I talked about this on the show before. I once gave a talk at the Google New York office. They asked me to come in and give a talk, and that pl- that office. Chris, you have to come back. You have say to the come word. Back here now, so. Tell them to book me. That office is crazy, though. They have. Do they still have razor scooters everywhere? Yeah. Yes, we do. Um, you can still find them. Uh, we filled up the office quite a bit. You should definitely come because the food is spectacular. Um, Do they still have sleeping yeah, you should pods? definitely come back now that I'm here. <laughs> Let me tell you about the things I saw. Here's the things I saw. Okay. There are racks of razor scooters that employees are welcome to take so they can get to meetings at different parts of the office faster. You can razor scooter through the office. If you if you want to work right up until meeting time, just jump on a razor scooter. True or false? True, but I you it still takes a decent amount of time to get where the scooters are is they're at the ends of the office hall. So if you actually take a scooter, you still have to like scoot along to get to a meeting. And if you have your laptop in your hand, it's a little mm-hmm. awkward and clumsy. Mm-hmm. Yes. So you have to have like your phone in your back pocket, laptop in the arm, one hand on the scooter, handlebar, and you just kind of like push quickly. I honestly I, I think it's faster to walk. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. But, fair, fair. Sleeping pods. There are sleeping pods, and you are encouraged to take naps throughout the day as needed. True or false at Google? Yes, and you can uh, schedule a nap pod. So it goes schedule onto your meeting pod. calendar, so you reserve it. Yes. Hey, Harry, we, I like this new, we got this whole new fancy office. I'm not seeing one nap pod. If we could please tell the people at Earwolf, get a couple nap pods. We're building this whole new office. Can't help but notice. Whole new office and studios. Not one person asked me my personal requests for the needs and specifications of what this facility should be. Let's get a couple nap pods, please. A couple razor scooters. I want the Earwolf Stitcher New York office to match the standards being set by Google. We need some razor scooters and some nap pods. Here's another thing I remember from my visit to the Google office. There's a room full of ping pong tables, but no one plays ping pong. Everyone just sleeps in that room too. True or false? Mm -hmm. There's a... 
there there is a game room. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think people nap there. I do see like interns and people playing after general work, um, sometimes during lunch. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's a napping space anymore. Okay. If we could please get a game room. Harry, mm-hmm. I, I can't help but notice you're not taking notes, Harry. I'd like maybe, <laughs> what's a fun game? Cornhole? Is that a thing people like? If we can please have a cornhole room here at the Earwolf New York studios. So sorry. I'm just trying to make sure that we really up our game around here. And I feel like Google's setting the bar. I recommend Whack-A-Mole if you're getting a game. I Whack-A-Mole. Really good for stress. It, do you yeah. have Do you have that at Google? Do they really have a Whack-A-Mole? No, but I couldn't request for it because I would enjoy it. Let's get a Whack-A-Mole, <laughs> please. Go down the Jersey Shore. See if one of those arcades will sell us their Whack-A-Mole, please. Thank you, Harry. Thank you so much. <laughs> so you got your cats... You got your life in the tech world. Any other, any other big, uh, any other big um, things you'd like to tackle? I love hearing that some of it's like teenage bullying, cyberbullying. That scares the shit out of me. It's cool to hear that someone is uh, is thinking about it, and I'm sure you're not the only one. Any other big, big things up on your uh, your corkboard at work? We're like, I want to get to that too someday. I want to get to that. If we're dealing with internet culture and how to shape it, I would love to help put my fingerprints on this issue. What are the other ones out there? Uh, let's see. Well, right now I'm not so much working on those sort of issues. It is a space that I'd like to move back to. Um, right now I'm just working on tools for people who make apps. So just trying to make that easier. Um, but that is not social justice at all. Um, and it's very boring. <laughs> Doesn't sound so boring. Okay, I don't know. It's it's kind of nerdy. Yeah, I mean, you've worked at Twitter, Facebook, and Google. You're nerdy. It's fine. You don't have to apologize for it. <laughs> You're totally right. I, I should embrace it. I embrace the the title. I hate yeah, to I break mean, it so to I, you. I take it back. I am working on one thing that is somewhat uh, related to it. Cause I'm working on uh, machine learning here, and so there's a ton that goes into it in terms of like machine learning, trying to counter any biases that go into the models and making sure that the data isn't corrupted somehow. So, yeah, I am I'm making myself feel better by saying I do still continue to do some good work. So, yeah. Sorry, yeah. you had that moment of self-consciousness <laughs> about being nerdy. I didn't mean to bring it up. I mean, I just... Oh, no, no, it wasn't. I just, I, I didn't want to sound boring. <laughs> no. I mean, you are someone who's worked at three of the largest tech companies in the world and what's passed on a job because your two 20-pound cats couldn't come with you. I I just figured you knew you might be just maybe a little bit nerdy. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely <laughs> that self-aware. Yes. Um, I think it's, I tend to think I'm, I identify as a nerd, but not a geek. I think it's the technology, like I, or the terminology between the two. Like, I feel like there's a difference between nerdy and geeky. And sure. Okay. What's the difference? Just try to find a, a good balance between the two. Okay. I like that. I got this uh, question for you. You ever deal with Amazon? You ever going to work there? I had a weird Amazon thing happen. What was your weird Amazon story? There's some scam. I think it's called Amazon brushing. They just covered it on an episode of Reply All. You may know them as the uh, podcast that once uh, 
did an episode where they opened up the phone lines and said, call in and asked the question, what would happen if you opened up phone lines to the world? It was a year after our podcast came out. I'm not trying to throw shade or anything, but it was weird. And I know one of those guys. Anyway, we'll probably edit this part out. But they did an episode of it. It's a great podcast and they're good guys. I'm just fucking around. Um, But it's this thing where someone hacks your credit card and then orders a bunch of stuff off Amazon and it gets reported as fraud. My credit card company flagged it, but then all the stuff went to my house. Went to my house. I came home. There were eight giant boxes in front of my door. I was like, what is this? Someone ordered me eight five-pound jugs of protein powder. And I guess it's so that they can, like, leave positive reviews and up their own algorithm. Can you fix that? That's weird. Yeah, you got to fix That's fi- really weird. I need you to personally fix that. <laughs> I, I will put in a request with my friends at Amazon. But I actually did have my account very recently compromised by Amazon mm. and... Someone was spamming, uh, I guess, the review section with positive reviews. So someone somehow got a hold of my account and was posting, like, my wife and three children love these headphones. And I never bought the headphones. So, And I don't have a wife or three kids, so I'm not really sure what happened. But it, it was really annoying. Um, but it's been sex, so that's, well, at least I didn't get five jugs of protein powder. That seems like an awful. It's so scary. The world you work in is so scary. I sound like such a luddite, but the internet scares me so much. Wait, when you're working at this is this sounds like a totally different area than you work in. But having worked at Facebook during the election, do you know like are there people at Google who have to sit? It, it, are there people whose job right now is to like sit in a think tank and go? Are there ways that foreign governments could compromise what we do? Are there are there ways that people could be using this to f- to hurt democracy? Are, there has to be people who have to think about this backward and forward now, huh? Yeah, I would say that there's definitely working groups that are happening. I think we're actively having conversations. Ugh, I'm going to sound like such a PR person. We are having active conversations to ensure that our platforms remain safe for our end users, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but yeah, there are things that happen that we take to ensure that you know, bad actors aren't using the tools. So um, I'm not directly involved in anything, wow. but there are definitely conversations that are happening to help prevent bad things from happening. Bad actors. That's the phrase. Bad actors. Mm-hmm. Bad actors. Damn. Damn. We're in a crazy world. Only getting there. What's that? It's only getting crazier. They sent me as many pounds of protein powder as cat you tried to take on the plane. 40 pounds. Seems like a metaphor for something, but I'm not quite sure. <laughs> I mean, it would have been easier to bring the protein powder on the plane. So It would have, but then I'd have to check a bag. No thanks. I'll do whatever it takes to not check a bag. <laughs> Travel so much, I ain't checking it back. Well, you're probably a pro now with all the traveling you do. I love it. I, all I ever, my whole <laughs> life revolves around frequent flyer miles. It's the only thing that keeps me going with the amount of time I got to spend in airports. <sighs> Who knows? Anyway, it's been an interesting conversation with you. Bouncing I'm around. Glad. Bouncing around the world. <laughs> Are there any other platforms you want to work at? You want to work at Reddit someday? You want to just work at every cool tech company that you can possibly get hired at? 
No, I think, you know, this will be it for me uh, really? with tech. I think I'm really happy with Google. Um, after this, I think I'll just really be focused on more social justice organizations, um, maybe the ACLU. Um, I know that they're hiring a researcher in California around the time that I was there. So maybe they'll be hiring in New York. Um, maybe I'll do something internationally um, where they'll let me fly my cats. <laughs> um, we'll see. I don't know yet. I'm happy for now, so I think I'll be here. That's cool. You're awfully casual. For I know people who have tried to get jobs at any of the three companies you've worked for, and they don't get them, and they're like high-level people who are crushed by it. And you've worked at all three. You're downplaying. You're like, eh, maybe I'll move on. But people, it's not easy to get a job at Facebook. It's not easy to get a job at Twitter or Google. Yeah, I mean, don't take me wrong. I, I do work really hard, and I care a lot um, about the work that I do. And, you know, I want to continue to really do good work. And I think that, you know, when I do go on these interviews, I've just learned how to communicate that out to people and say, hey, I don't know everything. Um, I want to learn because I do like to learn. Um, and I'm just a very self driven, self-motivated, passionate person. <laughs> so um, I guess somehow, and for the job I have, like that, those are important skills. So I think it also just goes into like, there's a lot of context as to why I guess I have my job and why I've had the opportunities I've had. Um, and I've also had like a lot of help with like really great people, like my family and my friends along the way. So, you know, it's not just me kind of being a know-it-all. <laughs> That's cool. Now, we've talked so much about the internet. We've had a pretty pleasant conversation, mostly internet and cats. As someone who has worked at three of the largest tech companies in the world, who specifically works in a capacity where you're thinking about the user experience, how to help people avoid falling into pitfalls, bad things happen to them. If you had to think of just one or a couple of general guidelines that you would put out there towards people, here's how to involve the internet in your life in a positive, productive way. What would you say those things are versus the pitfalls that you see? Hmm. Positive way. What's a healthy relationship with the internet look like, in your opinion, being someone who studies that? One thing that I've done, which I found really helpful, is um, I've uninstalled notifications from my email on my phone. Because um, a lot of the email that people get is just junk and promotions, and you're just constantly getting those notifications. Um, so I shut off, you know, notifications for email. If I want something, if I want to look up something or see if I got an email, I'll check it. Um, but what I found is that that actually reduces the amount of time I'm looking at my phone. Um, so I feel like I would excuse other apps and parts of the internet that might be causing you to be looking at your phone more than you need to. Um, so go into your settings right now, you know, shut off the notifications or check to see if they're tracking your location and you don't want it to be tracked. Um, some of the apps that do track it are surprising. Um, so just go in and check and know what they're collecting and um, limit the amount that you're being notified by your phone to look at it and just set priorities. And that's a more healthy relationship, I think, to have in general that you can go out and experience the world. Go take a walk. So straight away, the thing in your pocket that connects you to every other person, take away its ability to inject itself into your life. Make it something you have to yeah. seek out. 
That's a good, simple, simple, healthy step. It's a small one. Like, I wouldn't say do it for all your apps right away because you'll probably go through some type of withdrawal. But, like, do it with, like, one app that you find maybe happens to be a little bit more chatty than you'd prefer. Yeah. Um, so, like, for me, it was email. I was just getting too much email, had to stop. So now I feel like I have a healthier relationship with my email. Yeah. I love that. When you use the word withdrawal, is that another thing that mm-hmm. there's there's groups that worry about that? Are there groups that, like we said, there's probably people thinking around, think, sitting around who have to think about the bad agents, how to make sure that these platforms aren't corrupted by people with bad intentions. Are there other people who have to sit around going, this is an addictive thing and there have to be, there's going to be some responsibility taken for that. We have to measure that and be accountable for it. Yeah, um, I think a couple of the companies now are talking about it. I know at Google, we definitely are. Um, there's a term, uh, you know, FOMO, fear of missing out. That was a big one for the last few years. I think the new focus is on jo- JOMO, J-O-M-O, which is joy of missing out. Um, and it's more just having, like I said, a healthier relationship with your phone by not always being on it when you don't need it, like actually taking breaks and um, just enjoying being more mindful of where you are and what you're doing. That's awful nice. I think so. I like the idea of it. Yeah. Yeah. We got five minutes left. What kind of things do you do with a 20 oh, pound man. cat? Now time to drop all the bombs. I should just start dropping bombs. Start shooting three pointers. <laughs> what do you think? What are you thinking here? What does one do with a 20 pound cat? What do you even do? I would hide in fear from it. <laughs> no, either the 20 pound cats tend to be the, the Garfields, the big mushes. They're like dogs at that point. <laughs> I just heard tens of thousands of dog owners get mad at you as they listen to this podcast. Dog no, 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 because I, I had a dog growing up. I'm going to have a dog again. Um, I love dogs. I love cats and dogs. Why can't there be a place in the world for cat and dog lovers? I tell you, I'm going to tell you this. I once revealed on this podcast that I've never owned a dog, and I'm not looking to own a dog. I've never, and I had, growing up, my best friend had dogs, and they were always trying to eat my food. I was like, I'm not really a dog person. People got madder about that than they've gotten about really any opinion I've ever had on this podcast. People were more furious at the fact that I'm not into dogs than anything else I've ever said in years of doing this podcast. Why do people I mean, it's, need me to like dogs so bad? Opinion, Why? Why do people need me to like dogs so bad? I don't like them. It's fine. I don't dislike them. I just don't need it. I just don't need them. People got, people got, I can't read it. And I forget which episode it was, but it was like a controversial episode. It's like an episode where we were talking about something heavy and political and no one had a word to say about my opinions on anything that mattered. And they were like, you don't like dogs? Unsubscribe, bro. Fuck off. <laughs> like so many of those tweets. Like, I can't believe you hate dogs. I'm like, I never said I hate dogs. Just don't need an animal trying to eat my food off my plate. And then people were like, well, you just don't like poorly trained dogs. I'm like, yeah, sure. Okay. Maybe you just haven't found the right dog. Maybe. There's a dog out there for everyone. See, that's where I disagree. (laughs) Everybody's going to get mad about this. Are you getting mad at this? I like cats. Grew up with cats. I like cats. They clean up after themselves. They're cool. 
They seem like they always so got a maybe plan. You do, maybe you do appreciate my my story with the cats. Then maybe you're like, you know, what? I empathize with that. That's. We're gonna go ahead and beep your no. name. We just had a beep. <laughs> oh, 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 I know. All over. I was so close to making it. You oh, made fifty-eight no. <laughs> minutes, and then we got to beep your name. Look at that. I mean, I like cats. No, here's the thing. And now all the cat people are going to get mad at me. I like cats fine. I grew up with cats. I have fond memories of my cats. That being said, I wouldn't not move across the world for a gig because of the cats. I'd ask somebody to watch the cats. I'd go live my life. And then when I was living my life, I'd research other ways. I'd go, hey, you have a sister. I'd go to my brother. Hey, can you watch the cats? He'd go, all right. And then I'd get to Ireland and I'd research ways to get the cats there. There's ways to get a cat to Ireland. There's got to be a way to get a cat to Ireland. I didn't become a citizen of this country to have it have an anti-cat bias. I was not as logical as that at the time. Yeah, so yeah. I I totally get it. I I I know I know, but it's all worked out. Uh, so if I have to have like a theme for this episode for people, I'd say. Sometimes you make decisions and they're not always the right ones, but they, they work out. You know, things have to work out one way or another. <laughs> I do like that this episode has been pretty much a 50-50 split between a philosophical discussion about the impact of the internet in our lives, uh, both positive and negative. That's 50% of it. The other 50% is just cats, which is kind of the internet. The internet. You know, though, I expected, I expected more for myself, but I am not surprised because it's, it's torture, I guess. So under myself. What a sad thing to say I'm, in the final minute of your time on the show. I expected more of myself. I'm not surprised. I'm very type A. <laughs> you like pictures of cats on the internet? Do you look at pictures? I go to awe. I go to the awe section of Reddit all the time. Me and my wife, we like it. Cheers us up. It's mostly pictures of cats. <laughs> I do. I do like pictures of cats. You have t- uh, five seconds okay, left. Well, Hang in there, Chris, and thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much. Bye. Caller, thank you so much for the call, for letting us know about your life in the tech world, and more importantly, your life with 40 pounds of cat. Cats are dominating your life. I'm glad. It's good. I think that's good. Mitzi sounds cool. Anyway, you sound cool too. Thank you for calling. Thank you, Jared O'Connell and Harry Nelson in the booth. Thank you to Justin Linville for helping to organize my entire life. Thank you, Shell Shag, for the music. ChrisGeth.com. If you want to know when I'm out on the road doing stand-up, doing live tapings, the podcast, check it out. If you want to help Beautiful Anonymous, you go to Apple Podcasts. Rate, review, subscribe. It really helps when you do. I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Next time on Beautiful Anonymous, a guy who's spent his whole life running tells us what he's been running towards this whole time. When I first broke up with my girlfriend, for example, I was in this place where you just start fucking go. You just jump into every bar and you throw your hands up and you say, let's all fuck. You know, you're just in that mood where you're just like, let's, you want to and be that social. Works? Like I'm, Does that work when you run into a bar, throw your hands in the air and yell, let's yeah. all fuck? Does that work out? <laughs> Only metaphorically. That's next time on Beautiful Anonymous.
This has been an Earwolf production. Executive produced by Scott Ackerman, Chris Bannon, and Colin Anderson. For more information and content, visit Earwolf.com. Earwolf.com